Welcome to this week's episode of Making It in Asheville. This is your podcast to hear local stories of artists, creators, makers, community organizers. On this podcast, we ask people what they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And today, we're very excited to share the story of 31 Sons. And uh, it is a team, so we have two guests today, uh, Emily Jeffords and Kylie A.G., <laughs> Which I have not. Did I say it right? All right, cool. I did say it right. And uh, they are the badasses behind Shop 31 Sons, one of my favorite Instagram follows. I don't have <laughs> any of your products, but I think Sarah does. And uh, so it's great to have you. Please take a moment, say hello to Making It in Asheville audience. Oh. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So uh, I will do, at least in the early parts of this conversation, maybe we say, uh, and this is Kylie speaking until people get used to voices, but um, I, I, I'll i ask like Shop 31 Sons is how I think I always say Shop 31 Sons because I think that's the Instagram handle. Is that, that right? Is, right? Yes. Okay. So Shop mm -hmm. 31 Sons uh, has been on our radar since we moved to Asheville. Tell us a little bit about Shop 31 Sons or 31 Sons. Um, 31 Sun Studio is a jewelry design studio, and it started in June of 2018. Um, I'm based in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and I uh, mainly work with polymer clay hmm. jewelry, and then I've been incorporating beading. I've touched on resin, and really, I have adult functioning ADD, so once I get an idea in my mind, I really just, uh, I don't limit myself to any specific medium, but mainly polymer clay. Uh, and I just recently hired Kylie, who's with us today, uh, four months ago today, and she is not an assistant, not a co-worker. She is fully half of this team. I would mm. not, uh, I don't understand how I functioned without her, so she is very much part of this team. Perfect. So that's a little bit about us as an intro. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's perfect. And so, um, help, help me get a sense of like the scale of what's going on, right? So I watch on Instagram. I think that uh, I haven't. I should probably look right now. But like your Instagram is to me uh, like a. I want to call it a masterclass in like a human brand thing <laughs> where like there is these be beautiful, beautiful products, and then there's also a clearly like a real person that is making this thing. <laughs> And so, uh, like, what your business has hit at least a huge mile marker in that you have a teammate. That's meaningful. But, like, where is the business today? Like, what uh, are you selling on a website? Are you selling on Etsy? Give us a yeah. sense of, like, scale. What's going on? Um, well, this past year, as hard uh, personally um, for as, – as hard personally as 2020 was for me, and I'm sure for so many people – and we're still feeling the repercussions and in the midst of it. Um, it professionally made me take a lot of uh, uncomfortable strides at some mm. point, but strides I know I needed to do to improve and to challenge myself and to not say stay stagnant, um, especially in areas uh, where I know I wasn't thriving mm. um, and especially in areas where I felt um this isn't right. Like if it's one thing and you said the human brand, <laughs> which really resonates and I take as a huge compliment is that I think I'm pretty self-aware mm. and I struggled a lot last year in terms of me watching my business grow, but not understanding how to organize myself 
and not understanding some of the logistics behind it, like having an operating budget, like mm. having a calendar, <laughs> mm. you know, like having things that you have to do outside of being just an artist. And so last year, I really challenged myself, okay, what can I do if I can't do it? What can I do to get better with other people helping me? And accepting help was a huge thing for me because I'm the kind of person that's like, I don't want to bother anybody. Yeah. I'm fine. And I'm just crying in my giant dumpster fire that I've created. <laughs> so um, Kylie and I, actually how this started is really funny. We were sitting 10 feet apart uh, celebrating my birthday on the porch um, and because of social distancing and everything. And we started talking about how it would be uh, just incredible if I could have help mm. uh, because I'd been struggling. I've been struggling with the type, the amount of orders on my website um, and just kind of keeping my head afloat. Mm. Uh and so we started talking about it and I was like, well, I, can't, I couldn't have you work here because it was out of my home at that point. This is in June 2020. And I was like, I'd have to get a studio because my house is, you know, the rooms are small. It's an old house. And we just started dreaming a little bit. And within two weeks, I had a lease. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I took a major chance on myself, I guess, with that. I, I did not know <laughs> that that would be happening in two weeks. But it did, and Kylie and I set the wheels in motion of getting her here because she, where I lack in logistics and rational thinking sometimes, this is my partner in that. And you asked about kind of the scale of where things are happening, and, you know, I don't want to name numbers, but things sure. have grown for me, which uh, it's, it's incredible but I also can sometimes be my own worst enemy in believing that mm. and being confident in that success. And sometimes not even just logistical thinking and, you know, the, the operating budget and things like that. It's having someone like tell you that I did tell me that I deserve this mm. <laughs> and that I've worked hard enough to have a teammate and hard enough to exist and be here and thrive in that success. Like Kylie told me, before we started this, don't apologize for your success. And I like grabbed my table and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I do that all the time. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's been a year of growth. Um, and some of it has been hard um, because a lot of my personal emotions kind of bleed into my professional emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working with that, but really it's just been, we got a studio, I got a coworker and, you know, we've been growing together with that and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to my business ever. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I, lo I love I'm no I love longer that. crying. I'm no longer crying in the dumpster fire. <laughs> I Tears just threw of... matches at. I was just throwing the matches. So uh so <laughs> I, I love that as a as a setup. And now I'll ask Kylie, like you, you know, a self-proclaimed dumpster fire was going on ten feet away from you. Uh and and somehow or another you said, you yeah, know, I'll go into that dumpster. Like how did you think <laughs> <laughs> what 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 with a rational mind right with the uh i think sarah and i uh have have something like what I, i'm hearing is the energy where i am a dreamer and sarah is like all right so what then are the next steps like how do we actually do it and so yeah so so when when faced with this you know opportunity how were you thinking about the transition how did you think about like where you'd add value what what thoughts were coming to mind for you yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I had a lot of thoughts um, 
when Emily and I really started talking about this seriously. And I, I did have a lot of fears. Um, I was at a, a job that I had been in for five years, um, mm. working in uh, fundraising and project management for a nonprofit in town uh, and was comfortable there. I've been there a long time. And this uh, was not really something that I ever pictured actually coming to fruition. You know, we had like daydreams about how great it would be to work together. But <clears throat> when we really got the ball rolling, I was like, oh, my God, is this is this a risk that is worth taking? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had to think a lot about where I was at professionally. Um, you know, was I happy with my work-life balance? Um, was I really no. going to regret it? <laughs> <laughs> <Secret>. <laughs> was I, I going to regret it if mm. I didn't try? Um, and the answer was yes. So um, I decided to just take, you know, take a leap of faith. I'm, I'm young enough to where we do crash and burn. <laughs> we can recover, you know. But we won't. But we won't. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, so then you had been friends for a while before this. Yeah. Right. How did, um, how did you all connect? We actually met at a friend's birthday party. And it was one of those things where... I think we were, we were both in marching band and somehow we both started talking about that. And I was just like, who is this person? Like I, I consider myself a pretty like feely emotional person. Um, but when I connect with someone on such a, when I met her, I was like, I feel like I've known Kylie for a very long time. Mm. It was immediately comfortable. It was immediately like, I didn't feel self-conscious. I didn't feel, you know, like I had to impress anybody. It's hard for me to act like that anyway. But mm. with her, it just felt like an, an immediate, like sisterly feeling. And ever since that night, we've just been talking, you know, and been growing a friendship ever since. And this uh, opportunity of us kind of starting to work together, it just catapulted that. Um, I just really don't understand. She's she's a limb now. I don't understand what my life was like before her. I have smart boxes on my email. <laughs> like, you know, I have folders now, you know, so there's, it's beyond that, like of all of her help with me. Um, I've really grown as a person and as a human and really just managed myself better. Um, and it's from just having that person that I can not only trust as a friend, but trust so deeply as a coworker. Um, we all, we always talk about how our relationship as a working relationship, it's a dream. Mm. Like I, we've all been in horrible work situations before, but the amount of communication and um, critical thinking and being able to bounce ideas off of each other without taking it personally mm. and with the ego being fully removed from it, uh, it's a dream. <laughs> Amazing. You might have heard Range Urgent Care on our podcast. Husband and wife team lives right here in Asheville, building a better urgent care model. What are they doing? They're making scheduling seamless and straightforward and honest. When they say they'll see you at 4 p.m., you'll be seen at 4 p.m. They make pricing straightforward as well. $149 a visit or less if you subscribe to an annual subscription, which I do, it costs me $30 a month, and I love the peace of mind. But not just that, you don't just get to go in person, you can do virtual visits uh, over your computer, or over your phone, and they'll even come to you, they'll do home visits. And to me, I mean, it seems like a absolute no-brainer, you can bring they have family plans. They have business plans. To me, it's a peace of mind thing. It, it makes me feel confident and comfortable knowing that I can 
see range uh, in my subscription a number of times a year, and it's built into my my plan. I will not be surprised by a crazy cost, and it is covered by most major insurance policies. So if you haven't heard of Range Urgent Care, I welcome you to check out that episode with the power couple that runs it. You can check out makingitinashville.com forward slash range, makingitinashville.com forward slash range to read more about these subscription options and get links to the range website using our link or using our discount code of making it in Asheville. We'll get you a free month in an annual subscription. Again, range urgent care. You can say that we sent you or visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. So uh, I I think I'm going to have a whole bunch of questions about work relationships, <laughs> uh, but I, I want to kind of circle back towards product or like the beginning of the business and the idea yeah. of the business. Uh, this is now, this will be the second time we've had a guest talk about resin which was like a, uh-huh. you know, it seems like a fun concept. Like, wh- how did you start? Were you, you were in marching band. Did you take an art class in high school? And clay was a, you know, a thing that you've always played with. Uh, um, tell us that, like a little bit of the story of where 31 Sons comes from. Well, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of where 31 Sons came from was not a place of where I had known that I had value mm. before. Uh, I was in banking before this. <laughs> yeah, I was, worked at a bank for years, you know, and I didn't finish college. I went to several different colleges and dropped out of all of them. I've always been an artistic person, but not in the way where I felt like I was good at it. I've always felt average at a, just about everything that I've ever done in my life. And I just uh, had my firstborn son, um, Jack, uh, in 2018. Or no, yes, 2018. No. Let me check my notes. I have. (laughs) Take take that out of the podcast. I don't know when my children were born. Um, I just had Hank, yes, my last one. And um, I had a really hard time with postpartum depression. And I hit a point where I was just like, this is not, um, life isn't supposed to feel this way. Mm. It's not supposed to, it's not supposed to be this way. And my therapist recommended that I started doing something with my hands to keep my hands busy. And I happened upon polymer clay. And since then it exploded, it was like, I didn't, I didn't know that there was something in there inside me that could make something that made me feel so good. And besides that, make other people feel good. I'd never had anything like that happen to me. And so, um, that's where it all began. Uh, and I do want to say too, I do use resin, but it's not, it's not a huge yeah. part of my, of my work, but it's mainly been polymer clay. And I think part of that is because I don't know, I guess with any kind of art um, there, I don't put any, I try not to put any expectations on it. It's just a lot of it is fueled from what I'm feeling, which can be hard because then I'm not feeling great. I don't always make great things, but it's um, the after feeling of getting something out, um, even if it doesn't turn into anything, hmm. um, that I released something for myself, you know. Yeah. And and that that block of clay doesn't have to talk back to me. 
it doesn't have to be a sale. It doesn't have to be a whatever. It's just releasing something that I've had pinned up. So it's massively been like a healing and therapeutic thing for me. And it just luckily, and I'm privileged enough to say that it's actually turned into the income that supports my family. Wow. So I, I, that's a, a amazing. Uh, I, I am like in a point where I'm thinking about like the, the moving meditation of anything that like pulls you back into your body as like therapy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you, can you remember back to like the, the first piece you made? Is there you know, you know, like, so it's clay polymer. That doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. Does that mean like it is easy to work with and then it sets and you can bake it in an oven? Like what is a clay polymer? What's the first thing you made? Um, well, the first thing I did make was, um, just a pair of earrings. Um, and polymer clay is a, it's actually has plasticizers in it. It has polymers in it. So it's not clay, like ceramic clay or something that you bake in a kiln. It's um, baked in a, an oven, mm. like a, an oven at home. So um, I, I, I but, guessed right. That was not, I, I just like if you did it at home and maybe it works in an oven. <laughs> it does. No, you were on the money. You're on the money. And that's that's actually one of the reasons I'm, uh, you know, I'm so excited to be on this podcast is to give people more information about what it is. Yeah. Um, because then it will be taken more seriously as a medium. Not that people don't take it seriously, but a lot of people don't know what it is. Yeah. And so it's a it's a, a a clay that has plastic sizers in it. And so you hear plastic and you're like, oh, that's bad which understandably we're always trying to better the environment. Um, but if you're taking a medium seriously and you do it right, and this is one of the reasons why I teach is because then it isn't waste. <laughs> um, if you're putting out product that isn't going to be thrown away um, and isn't fast fashion and mm. is made correctly, then it should last you decades. And so that's, um, that's kind of what polymer clay is. It's just, it's a clay that you can buy at craft stores. You can buy it online. There's a little bit of a clay shortage right now because it's become such a big medium, yeah. which is awesome, but also hard if you're, you know, you work with it on a daily basis, but it's um, a very easy medium to, uh, to dive into. Um, but just like with anything, there are uh, obstacles and things that you really need to practice before um, I personally would sell work. Sure. Um, but I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of what polymer clay is. And the first thing that I ever made was just a pair of earrings. I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of money to invest mm -hmm. in what I was doing. So I, I actually crushed up all of the eyeshadow palettes that I had at home and I mixed them into the clay that I had <laughs> to make colors. So <laughs> that sounds really savvy. I don't know if it like, it, you just can't imagine you still do it. Creative. <laughs> it's actually a fun technique now because it can add different colors, uh, you know, unique ones without having to buy more clay. Um, but that's kind of where I started was just, it was almost a desperation to, wow. to make something. And it was just, you know, I didn't have any of the tools necessary. They were, they all broke, you know, yeah. I didn't bake them correctly. There weren't a lot of resources. Um, even though that was not that long ago, there was not nearly as many resources out as there is today of how to properly handle this kind of huh. medium. And so a lot of it was just experimenting and failing a hundred thousand times. And then, um, you know, getting better over time. So those first pieces as, as awful as they probably were, I look at them fondly because they opened that door inside of a place that I didn't know existed. 
That's awesome. And I'm looking, I mean, if you're watching our YouTube channel, shout out to Making It in Nashville on YouTube. I see these incredible, these beautiful uh, earrings that you're wearing. I'm imagining that you didn't buy those uh, at a store. You might have made these. Got it. Um, And so it's like very thin. It seems like it would be a very like precise. I'm seeing these tiny little hoops to connect pieces together. Mm -hmm. So like it it seems uh, it seems like there's a lot of flexibility potentially in what you could do but they're very yeah. strong seemingly mm-hmm. have to be um to be able to to i don't know, be, be as thin as they are and not fall to bits yeah that's it's actually interesting that you say that because there is um <laughs> in the polymer clay community it's almost a flex literally mm. <laughs> a flex that if your clay is baked correctly then it should bend Mm. Um, it should not snap. That's always the sign of something being bent or being baked incorrectly is that it will snap in its brittle. And so <laughs> the flexibility is a huge part of the clay. So then you know that you've done it right. Um, but just, uh, it's very light. It's very lightweight. That's why I can get away with making such large earrings is that yeah. it's a very, very lightweight clay, um, and lightweight medium. So you, there's just so much, I mean, imagine, Um, you know, you can paint anything you want, but sculpturally you can do anything you want. I see people that make like, you know, they make, if you can imagine it, you can make it with clay. (laughs) Like people are making small animals and hanging them off the ears. (laughs) Like anything that you can imagine, somebody can make. And of course it takes like a skill set, but just with anything. And I'll say over and over and over again, it's practice. Yeah. And it's really um, using your creativity as a muscle to keep mm. to keep trying. So it's a fun medium. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I think that, that makes uh, a lot of sense to me. And now in a medium where anything is possible, how did you – because I, I feel that you have a pretty distinctive look and feel. That's my mm-hmm. outsider's assessment of the situation. But like how did, did, did that – did you unearth your vibe or did you always have a strong point of view on like what design aesthetic you were into? Um, how mm-hmm. did you, how are we now at 31 sons with the design um, that, you know, I, I say th- those earrings look like what I thought you might be wearing today. Uh, it's like on brand. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, two, there's two different perspectives of that for me, just from real life living um i've never been able to make something i don't like i can't um i can't force myself to work and find designs or even follow trends as much as i want to there's some trends i love but there's some where i'm like i don't like it and if i don't like it then i can't market it Mm. i can't pretend to love something i don't and so how my vibe has been is is who i am it's what speaks to me. And I, I have students from Patreon where I teach um, polymer clay. Uh, and this is something I always tell them is that if you're struggling to find your creativity, um, find that one thing that really speaks to you and think of it like a story. Mm. And you write that first chapter and it spoke to you. You wanted to turn those pages. You wanted to keep going. Hold on to that and then write the next chapter based on that. Mm. If you're grabbing so many different things and you don't even know what you like, then how is that going to translate to other people? How are they going to know who you are if you don't know who you are? Mm. So you have to work with yourself and really 
sit with yourself and take stock and inventory of what do I like? And I have always known exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would not make earrings that I would not wear. Yeah. So how would you, how would you describe your, your look, your style today? Mine, I'm saying like, there's like a little bit of this vintage vibe, but it's also like timeless. It could be almost futuristic, but it's like, it'll work situationally with just, uh, I think in any era with the right person, with the right wearer, you. you know? Um, I, I like to see the first word that always comes up for me is confident. Mm. Um, and because that's, I'm not afraid of color. I'm not afraid of size. I'm not afraid of trying new things. There was a, a period last year where I was obsessed with using holographic powders to make all of my earrings holographic. So in the light, they would shine different colors. And I stopped doing that for a while. And I'm like, I need to bring that back. Like, mm. Um, but it just feels confident. It feels ethereal. It feels, um, I don't know. It's, you know, I joked earlier, I'm the dumpster fire woman, (laughs) which I do think I am sometimes. And I, I relish that part of me because I'm always trying to get better. But, um, sometimes the earrings that I do create for myself, I create for the best version of me. Mm. Like I see that person that is confident, put together is, you know, doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. And when I put these earrings on, I think I feel that woman. So that's kind of behind my work. I'm always trying to make the work that makes me feel the best version of myself. And I want other women or um, men, whoever wants to wear my earrings, I want them to feel the same way when they put my work on. So that's the biggest thing. It's I wouldn't identify my style as like, you know... (laughs) Whatever just singular word, for me, it's a feeling. And that might be lost in the masses. They're like, oh, it's pretty earrings. But for (laughs) me, that's how I keep creating is that I want those people to feel that way. I love that. Uh, and Kylie, I just want you to know that I have, we, we, I am trying to move like chronologically. That's how my brain works. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm really <laughs> eager to ask, ask some questions that are going to be more in your wheelhouse. She's, she's my support right now. <laughs> I'm trying not to apologize for things. <laughs> just pinch me if I say sorry. Yeah. So, so I, uh, you know, I, 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 we've now, I think, broken past. We have a sense of your design aesthetic. We have a sense of like how it started. Um, you mentioned that you can't market something that you don't like. And I now have thoughts and questions on marketing, right? So it's my guess is that Instagram at your dumpster fire, everyone like stopped and looked at and was like, this is beautiful. Like, I don't know. She says, but like, (laughs) how did, how did you grow your business? It's one thing to go from, all right, I'm trying polymer clay and I put it in the oven Mm -hmm. and seven of the eight, broke uh but one is good let's do this again see what happens and yeah. then someone's like oh those are pretty and you're like yeah you want them 100 bucks i don't whatever uh <laughs> how does you know how does the business start and then how do you start marketing it uh my guess was instagram but how, how did it actually go uh it was instagram for sure uh and i still um to this day i'm a little befuddled (laughs) that it my account has grown the way it has but the only thing I can think is that um and I I won't forget that you said it this way because I really liked it is that there is a humanity with my account I think and that's not um a farce it's not an image it's me 
And that's something with Instagram that can really um, be a struggle as a consumer and just someone scrolling. You can see so many things and it's so pretty and everybody's life looks so put together. And like, why isn't my life like that? Like, I have bad days. Like, does this person not have bad days? Like, am I less than? Am I, you know, all these questions. And I think everybody deals with that, especially stuck at home right now and everybody's struggling on some level everybody is struggling on some level right now um is that i am not afraid to kind of show that struggle um and i'm not afraid to just kind of um not only show the pretty parts and i think that on just kind of being myself which sounds weird and i'm not going to apologize for um connected me to a lot of people like a lot of my customers have turned into long distance friends and um I just I don't I feel nervous right now <laughs> I always get nervous <laughs> when I talk about Instagram um I'm I, I just don't, I don't know I try to just be who I am and show the ugly sides and show you know the funny sides and not take myself too seriously because I don't mm-hmm. as a as a person outside of a tiny square like one of the most validating things I heard was I met one of my other clay friends in Arizona a couple years ago. And she was like, you are exactly the same person on Instagram as you are in person. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not putting on some like perfect face. Like I am who I am. And the fact that that has translated and people actually do appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure why (laughs) sometimes people are there. I have stupid jokes. And I, I kill a joke. I'll run it into the ground. <laughs> but, it, but I'm laughing. That's the thing. I'm the one laughing behind the phone. Yeah. And it just happens to be that other people are laughing too. So I appreciate that. But um, really just being myself and, of course, putting my work out there and doing it in a cohesive, pretty level. But I just, behind the scenes, I don't take myself as seriously, I think, as some people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just hard for me to do yeah. that <laughs> not, not wired to, to take it too seriously. And so were there mo- like, were there moments that uh, like early days where you thought you were just kind of shouting out into the abyss? Did it just take off? Uh, we'll use dumpster fire, wildfire. Like how did, what did growth look like? What, you know, what was the initial platform that you sold through? Were you saying like, Hey, these are for sale. People would say, yes, PayPal me. Or were you using um, Etsy? I've always used Shopify, Shopify. Uh, which is a platform, an e-commerce platform. Um, and I love Shopify. It's like, it's become an empowering thing for me to figure out how to use it. <laughs> Cause I went there and I was like, how am I going to use this website? I don't, I don't know how to send an email on here. Like, and now I'm like, I can figure stuff out. And it's a very empowering thing. But the thing is that's so interesting now is that, you know, you, you said shouting out to the abyss. That, I think, is more of the case now Mm. than it was in June 2018, even 2019, because Polymer Clay was not a thing. I knew five other accounts on Instagram that worked with Polymer Clay. If you search the Polymer Clay hashtag now, there are millions. Wow. It blew up. TikTok. I mean, all of this stuff. It Now, if anything, the market is so saturated by it that I feel kind of lucky being the person that, you know, this isn't to like yell, get off my lawn, but there weren't any other people doing it when I started. And I think one of the things is that, that, you know, 
people started to take notice um, around 2019 and especially at the start of the pandemic yeah. um, because people were at home and needed something to do. So now sometimes it feels like I'm yelling into the abyss because there's so many, but it's not a problem. I, I thrive in it because I teach. So it hasn't hurt me um, as a as a professional, but I also have thoughts on that anyway, <laughs> like competition and community. Um, but no, back then it just, there weren't many people doing it. So I think people mm. were just kind of interested in the medium itself. So, and I, I just, and I don't even know how to say this, but I've never really, when I started doing it, people immediately take, took notice. Yeah. And that's, that's typically you know, a good sign. Just, <laughs> yeah. It was a good sign. And it just kind of grew from there. And the more people took notice, the more confident I became. Yeah. So. I also want to share a fun fact about Emily. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> which um, one, which one I'm scrolling in my mind. <laughs> um, her, well, she's very like entrepreneurial naturally which is pretty amazing but uh in my mind because I'm, I'm not that way but um Emily had another business mm -hmm. kind of a, like a side gig prior to doing polymer clay uh, while she was working at the bank and she was um selling like vintage thrift store stuff right and she actually built like a pretty solid customer base doing that yeah and had an Instagram following from that and then when she kind of transitioned into doing polymer clay, a lot of her like vintage yeah. thrifty customers transitioned into being 30% studio customers. And huh. they weren't shocked because <laughs> yeah. I was exactly the same person. Then I was like, eh, I don't like doing this anymore. I have yeah. a kid and, or two kids now and going to thrift shops and all that stuff. It was impossible to ship giant things or take them to, mm. you know, to go thrifting and stuff. And so I was like, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I make jewelry now. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that. And that actually makes some sense in my mind as, uh, as a fit for in like the narrative in the story, uh, yeah. to, to like have already had reps with something like a brand and storytelling and like e-commerce I'll use air quotes. Yeah. And then a, I, didn't, I, I hope, sorry to interrupt. I hope too, it didn't seem like I was not including that. It was just such a, to me, brief part sure. of that, that it, it definitely started some things rolling, but it was not, there's a reason I stopped because <laughs> yeah. I didn't really like it, you know, so, and, but it was a good thing to jump off from. And I, and I, one of the things that I, I find myself saying is like, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe that things have to be really hard, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that worldview. And so like, if there is this kind of like rolling the ball up a hill feeling even if it's sort of working or especially if it's not working, like stop, stop, <laughs> like don't, don't do that. Um, and not, uh, and that's not necessarily a loss cause it tees you up to do the next thing, which doesn't feel like rolling a ball up a hill and takes off and yeah. you, uh, it, it works. And I don't know, like what if it was easy is a thing I always try and remind myself when I uh, am moving in, in directions that don't feel easy. I'm like, what would make this easy? How could this be easy? What would be mm -hmm. easier? Outsource. Uh, Outsource things, yes. So, I, uh, so now we have a couple years of you know doing things and it working, and audience is growing, and the sales are growing, um, and you're maybe a first mover in polymer clay polymer product design because mm -hmm. you're not teaching right out of the gate. You're just you're selling. No, no, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I, I had to get a lot of failures and mistakes and experience under my belt before I would have ever felt comfortable teaching. Perfect. And so what, 
what is your loose, because it didn't sound like it was totally baked, but what was your loose business plan? Like, are you saying I'm going wholesale, I'm going direct, like people are going to buy from me, I'll ship it directly to them, I'm looking for retail when accounts. When I first started? Well, I mean, once you realize that this thing's got some legs, like what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> business plan, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> Google's the definition of that. <laughs> Um, honestly, it was fly by the seat of my pants yeah. for a long time. It was, um, and this is something I've been working on recently is I have as, as wonderful as it can seem to have a lot of creativity, I have realized I lack some creative discipline. And so it's when you get a hundred different ideas and want to do them and you only create one of each, that's not really a good marketing tactic as a jewelry designer people mm. want to have the option to buy a piece not only have one available and so you know that was one of the things that i struggled with was that i just would get ideas and then i wouldn't do them again because i'd get more ideas mm. and i didn't really have a business plan until i started working with kylie like that that's wow. the thing is that um, while my success outwardly you know and i'm, I'm never ever going to say and even saying this is like it just makes me feel like ungrateful like i'm i needed it for my family um they we rely fully on my income um but there were so many struggles that people didn't see hmm. especially even with me being honest and you know how you know on instagram and stuff but like there i can't i don't go on instagram and say i don't have a business plan and i don't know what i'm doing you know and those are the things that people don't necessarily see. And I had to work through myself. Yeah. Um, and so now a lot of this past like four months or so have been really evaluating the things that have not worked for me and the things that do work. Um, and in the beginning, I literally just made what I wanted to make and then I sold it. Wow. Like that's it. There was no, there was no plan with that. It was just, I made what I wanted to make and then I sold it. And then I made more of what I wanted to make and then I sold it. <laughs> and then I just kept doing that. And sometimes I cry a lot <laughs> because I didn't have a plan or have organization. And, you know, with before Kylie, before times, that's yeah. how I think of it is before times in the dark ages. Um, I it wanted to be that organized, hyper aware of everything I need to do person and I can be like Kylie is a witness to that now yeah. because I am functioning while doing that. I didn't know how to get from point A to point B. Got it. So I just, I just made stuff and sold it. And now I actually have, we have Calendly, like we have all of these apps and things that keep me organized and to do lists uh -huh. and, um, you know, talking about wholesalers and that just wasn't even an option for me before because I was too busy and now, um, really using my time strategically and also to where I'm not working 12 hours a day every Heard day that. and yeah. never sleeping because I am behind on everything that I'm doing, but I'm still working all of these hours, um, really just figuring out how to make my time function well and have me function well as a person. So Wonderful. I have a business plan now. <laughs> I didn't have one. I've never had one. <laughs> Perfect. With, with uh, Just for my own mental kind of uh, mile markers, did Patreon start in the last four months or was it before? No, Patreon actually started at the beginning of the pandemic. Be beginning of the uh, because it seemed like a great time to, to start. If I'm Well, in my mind, it was, okay, a lot of people are at home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are starting to, you know, 
learned about this medium. And the main thing was a lot of people are starting to ask me questions mm. and not starting. It's been that way for a long time, but it had been amping up mm-hmm. considerably. And I'm the kind of person that wants to help. I'm a two Enneagram. I'm a, I'm a giver and I'm a cancer. <laughs> so I want to give everything away and help you. But I also started realizing like what I have to teach and people clearly are listening also has value. It sure. has value. And especially as a woman, I think there is power in saying, yes, I will, I will um, teach you, but my time is also worth something. Mm-hmm. I'm that I have spent answering questions um, and helping other people for free is time away from my children. And so this is when I was, you know, I was like, I could teach. I think that I relate to people. Well, I love to teach. I love to help people, but I need to also make this a profitable thing for me rather than just more time away from my kids. And so it's $10 a month and it's a ton of content every month. It's two blog stream or two blog posts, one live stream, one tutorial, and color recipes and it's a lot of fun mm. i love teaching but it started in march so it's almost a year now wow and it's been very successful so kylie talk to me what was this what was the state of the union when you took when you came into office like what what is happening actually <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> like telling you guys how bad it was but when, <laughs> yeah so i mean i, I, <laughs> I it's a it, it, you know, in all in good fun, but like seriously, it, it'd be worthwhile to know how if one's right brain and one's left brain. Like, what did you see? How did you begin to try and get a lay of the land? Um, did you did you run a te- like a test before you started? Did you jump all in? What did it look like? What 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 were the? So right in. Great. Um, Emily had like told me things, right? You know that she was feeling certain ways and that you know, struggling, struggling, getting to point A, you know, from point A to point B, mm-hmm. that things were unorganized, you know, like she was very upfront about that, but I didn't know like to, to what extent mm-hmm. she meant these things, you know? And so when I came into the studio, I just, I was like, I don't even know where do we, where start? Do we start? Yeah. You know, and well, part of that, too, and in my defense, almost, was that you did not realize from an outsider's perspective how much I did alone. No, it's how much I do and did yeah. alone. So that's been really eye opening, too, is um, you know, half of what I do is administrative. But the other half is helping family with making. Um, so I do a lot of the sanding and drilling and buffing and assembling of earrings. And every time I do that, I'm like, how did she, it's so time consuming. I just, I have hundreds no of hours. By yeah, like I, I'm yeah. looking at, at just the earrings in sight and there's, uh, I, my guess would be about 16 different hole, drills, holes drilled to make those earrings fit. That mm-hmm. takes, a, that yeah. takes a while. And oh, then I mean, if you mess one up, the earring's done. You wow. You know, if it doesn't hang right or if it's not centered, you know, so but no, I, <laughs> she was good though. She never, that's the thing with Kylie though. And I'll say, and I'll forever say Kylie has never made me feel self-conscious or bad about the state that I was in. Kylie mm-hmm. has only made me feel empowered. Like Emily, we have a game plan and this is what you're going to do, you know? And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Whoa. You know, like I have appointments and I have a Google calendar. Like she's never made me feel like, wow, 
um, I am in fear or, you know, how did you get yourself this way? But it was, there was all, there's always been an understanding of, I don't know how you did this Mm. and I'm here to help, which is a very empowering thing. It was very hard for me to ask for help for two years. I also don't think that there's any shame in the fact that, you know, there weren't formal processes and procedures. It's not how my brain works. Obviously, she's good at what she does. You know, there's a lot of talent there, and really, all she needed was like a type A brain to like put it on paper. Yes. And so, how did you? What were the first things? What were like the first projects uh, when you when you came in, Kylie? The first project I actually did was organizing all of Emily's beads. I knew you were going to say that. I knew she was going to say it. And I think it's a wonderful symbol. It's (laughs) symbolism. Because all of my beads, for how many little categories there were, it didn't matter. They were all in all of them. They weren't organized. It's a bead organizer, and they were not organized. It was very symbolic. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So I physically organized a lot of her, like crafting, making supplies. Mm-hmm. We, I can't even like do an inventory sheet for you if I don't know where anything is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I told her one of my issues was I hated buying things that I already had in supplies, but if I hadn't unpacked them or did, they're all in different areas, how do I know to reorder it? Or I've run out of something because I didn't check, you know? And so those are the kinds of things where I could make things, but I could not follow through and in the organizational aspects of it. And she's very good at that. So yeah. Yeah. So weeks organizing actual inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And then first, I wonder if I'm going to be embarrassed. (laughs) No. So what what you're doing, I mean, you're, you're creating, I think a very real, uh, Mm -hmm. there have to be other people that operate like this. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no question. And you're also making it sound like, you know, like anyone, could get started and with Mm -hmm. the the right amount of luck and elbow grease like you can get to a place where bad systems work well (laughs) enough to bring someone in (laughs) you know what i mean like enough to bring someone yeah and and at at that point like what you know what happens now like i'm so excited for the future of your business with your you know uh dreams and your reality and the two things together make for uh progress right so uh, i don't yeah. think that this is anything to be uh feel shame <laughs> about yeah, it's, no, it's... i just sometimes i say things and i'm like oh man like should i have been like i'm perfect <laughs> no I'm so like i said it's hard for me to be anything besides that so if anyone's listening and you struggle with organizing or feeling like you're good enough because you don't have systems because you don't understand how to create a system you are not a failure your brain just does not work that way and it doesn't make you any less of a person so i'm proof in that pudding that you can still survive and actually be a success but cry (laughs) behind the scenes because you don't know what you're doing but ask for help Mm. ask for people who have strengths that are different than you and don't be afraid of that and don't be ashamed (laughs) So if you're anything like me, the last place you want to be right now is inside of a hospital. And that's why we are really excited about our sponsor for this season, Range Urgent Care. Range allows you to see a doctor and get treated for most everything that is not an emergency, either in their clinic, which is in uh, Asheville, and there's another one in 
Black Mountain and a third on its way, or virtually over your computer, and they'll even do home visits. What's more, how could that be better, you ask? Good question. I have an answer. The pricing model is what makes it absolutely fantastic. So you know exactly how much you're going to pay when you go in person to Range Urgent Care. Uh, it's currently $149 per visit, or like me, you can choose to subscribe to an annual membership of Range Urgent Care. Payments are $30 a month, and if you're interested, uh, you can visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. Subscribe for a year's worth of Range Urgent Care, and you get your first month free. Other cool thing is that it works for a single person, it works for a family, and it also works for your business. So if you're thinking about how can I take care of my family, maybe think about Range Urgent Care. You want to think about how can I prov provide health care to my employees? Maybe think about Range Urgent Care. And if you want to save a little bit of money when you do it, please visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range to learn more and get links directly to these plans. I love that. And I love the, the idea of starting in the physical uh, world with like, all right, let's clean up the workspace, like step one, yeah. you know, let's yeah. just tidy things up and we don't need to pretend that there's a process yet. Let's just like get clean. Yeah. What happened next? The, the software? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's all been so very organic because mm. when Kylie started, it was in October. And so a lot of it was the <laughs> inventory setup. Because, I mean, I'm not saying I lived in a pit. Like, mm -hmm. I have a nice, pretty studio. But it was also like, okay, I have clay in four different parts of my studio. You know, like, those were the things that we, you're right, we physically had to do. And your environment means everything with your, your mental facilities, whether if your facility is clean, your, your brain works a little bit better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then the holidays happen. Yeah. And so it went from getting Kylie on board and organizing and then me training Kylie of how to sand, how to buff, how to drill, how to package things. And we immediately jumped into making stuff for the holidays because then Christmas was here. And so it is actually just now that we've been really through January, we took some time to really, um, hone in on some things in terms of uh, administrative stuff to where it's there are more systems because we did have systems then like you know getting the emails all set up we got different domains for them and all these like I have my own personal work email and stuff mm. like that but now you know I'm really driving home the things that have worked best with us and what haven't worked what has not worked um, and what we really did I mean the first step in really like getting processes and procedures in place was after our holiday sale at the beginning of December, we sat down and we did what we now fondly refer to as a brain dump. Yes, mm. every brain dump. But after the holiday, we had this massive brain dump where it was like, okay, let's talk about all the things we need to figure out. Yeah. Like, what is really hard for you right now that I can help you with? Uh -huh. uh, what can we drop? Like, what are we doing that's just useless? Where do we need to grow? Um, what do we need actual steps written down for? Mm -hmm. What um, didn't work? What, what didn't like, work? like was clearly a failure yeah. in execution. Yeah. Like how do we, how do we grow the business? What do we want to put in the business plan? What mm -hmm. are the goals? Like we just had this massive list. We wrote it all down. And then when we came back, we took a long break over Christmas um, and came back in January and just started checking off the list. Mm -hmm. And it took us a month, but we feel really organized. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that I've wanted to attack, like, because I teach on Patreon, but I've wanted to do individual mentoring 
Um, so on a more one-on-one personal basis for people, but I did not have um, a place to yeah. to a calendar. And now, so getting those kind of kinds of things worked out um, and having seamless organization for appointments. And so it's, you know, I'm not just emailing someone being like, hey, you want to hit me up on Thursday or whatever? It's like there's literally a Calendly appointment and invoice invoicing set up. And all of these things have seemed very far away mm-hmm. and very beyond me. It's not. It's a matter of taking those things and learning them. And now I can do that. I do that weekly now. And it's not an issue. It's an empowering thing. And so those systems that have intimidated me would not be there without someone like Kylie, who knows me so intimately now, (laughs) the worst parts of me, the best parts of me, um, and knows how to say, you can do this. This isn't an impossible task and you're going to feel better for it. And so those are, that's, you need, everybody needs somebody like that in their life. And I'm just lucky enough that I get to work with that person. Thank you. Are we gonna cry now? <laughs> I think all three of us. That was beautiful, and I Aww. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. And uh, it makes me think of uh, a thing that I, I find myself saying a bunch is like, uh, if you think there's a monster under the bed or a monster in the closet, it's like often really good to just go check, <laughs> you know. And like, if you're yeah, really yeah. if you're really afraid of like scheduling, like what if you just sat down like and and fi- like figured it out? Like what would how would yeah. Google, what, how do you schedule things? You know, like Calendly shows up, (laughs) you know, like, and and then all of a sudden your system is better. And, you know, it was an hour, it was a couple hours, whatever it was, but like that monster really didn't exist. Like it wasn't actually there uh, or it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Then the monster may be there, but you're the one that created the features of his face. Mm. You're the one that created all of these things about that monster when he, you didn't have to fill it in. You just Mm. had to look. what what other monsters did you uh slay together kylie what what stands out in the last four months that's a big question i think there was a lot of little monsters and some of them some of them it's been uh not just my monsters but we were talking the other day about and you said this earlier tony and i thought this was a very good point things don't have to be hard Mm. right And both of us have had, you know, we've been working very diligently on things to make our business run better, but both of us were both battling a little bit of feeling of, am I not working hard enough? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't feel the chaos. Is there chaos? If I'm not, if it's not chaotic, (laughs) am I working? Am I not working? I actually think that's like, that really is the biggest thing that we have uh, addressed together. Yeah. Just talking like very openly about mental health Mm -hmm. and having a healthy work-life balance. Yeah. And Cause I'm not going to go back to what it was. Mm. I don't want to be crying and in the dumpster. And I, I, there's no amount that will point me to that. And as we prepared for the holidays, we were working 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. And so when we came back from this long break and we tackled all of these organizational things and it was like, Oh, we really only have to work six or seven really concentrated hours and that's fine. But then we started talking. We actually just had this conversation yesterday where I was like, I feel like I'm not doing it. I feel like I'm not stressed out enough. Yeah. Like, I we feel train, like, we've traumatized ourselves yeah. to feel like that is the way to live a life and work. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like a useless lump. And Emily's like, you did 15 things today. You're not a useless lump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's been kind of uh, helping each other get to that point where we're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is okay mm-hmm. to feel happy. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to feel happy and it's okay not to thrive in chaos. Yeah. 
Like, I don't want a lot of people have, you know, <laughs> said about me being real and I embrace the dumpster fire. I, I hate that I've said that so many times, <laughs> but also it, it's funny, you know, and it is a part of me, but it, it also doesn't have to be me. It can be the funny parts of me and the the weird sense of humor and the the jokes and whatever and killing a joke, but it doesn't have to be me. Mm. And it was me. It was me. And it's not me anymore. And I can accept that. I can say, hey, whoa, I I am allowed to feel happy and I'm allowed to feel successful because what I'm doing is making me happy and is successful. Mm. I'm not crying every day at home and wondering how many emails I've missed and what orders I've messed up. And, you know, there are systems now and I'm allowed to thrive in the systems. It doesn't have to be chaos all the time. Um, and that can be hard <laughs> when that's all you've known for quite a while. So both of us bouncing back and forth from her with her job. And there was a lot of stuff asked of her all of the time, just um, being able to say like, we did a good job today and there's nothing else asked of us we can go home and relax, mm. you know, and that's a lucky and privileged place to be. I fully understand that, but it can also be difficult when you've been in almost a traumatic situation where you put your own self in there for mental health issues or things like that, where you haven't been able to function and that's all, you know. Mm. And so now it's just saying, Hey, you did a good job. Don't question it. Go home, drink some tea, take a bath. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it doesn't have time. to be painful. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be painful, and we don't have to take our work home with us. That is something boundary-wise. I have told myself from now on. I get my job done. I have work email. I don't check it at home, mm. and that's it. Wow. That's it. You know, and it's done wonders for my mental health, but it's been hard for us to accept that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think that you're getting at something and I don't, um, I wish I had a way to, to tie it up in a bow, but there is something really powerful in, um, uh, you mentioned something about identity being wrapped up into like the dumpster fire persona, which, uh, can, can mirror in a number of different ways in other people's worlds. Right. So it's like, I, I identify as X if I'm doing things that aren't X, who am I? What am I? And is it, and it, even if it's progress, like, mm -hmm. is it, is it, does it induce fear? Can, and will you, uh, will gravity pull you back to that, uh, that person? Even if you, you know, in your heart, you don't want to be that person anymore. That, that, yeah. that it no longer serves you. That, that identity no longer serves you. Goodbye. Thank you. Uh, it's been a, it's yes. been a blast. And so, um, that's really, I think that's really special and really powerful. And, yeah. uh, I you can I, find comfort in self depreciation because you don't accept the fact that you were valuable mm, and worthy of having appreciation. And that's what I've been trying to avoid is not leaning back into I'm a mess <laughs> because right now I'm the least mess I've ever been, you know, and, uh, and like, it's okay look to say that. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that's so, and, and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think that uh, if, if the model is that, uh, you know, chaos got you here, there's a, there's a book title and I honestly, I've never read the book, but I do like Marshall Goldsmith. Generally, he wrote a book called what got you here won't get you there. Uh, and, Ooh, I, and I already like that. Title. Right, it's just, that's just a great, you don't even need to read the book. You just mm -hmm. know, okay, heard. Um, and I think that at, at a certain point, 
I've said it in a past uh, episode, but like at a certain point, like the people that I most admire, like shed a skin, learn a lesson, become the next thing. Like they go from mm-hmm. the caterpillar to the Evolve. butterfly. Evolve. Yeah. And, and like, and if you can just, uh, if you have the presence of mind to, I, to know when you're in one of those moments mm-hmm. and like choose not to make the same mistakes again, that's a beautiful thing. And all, all yeah. of the dumpster fire was worth it at this point. Right, right. It kept me warm then, but I have my own, <laughs> I have my own coping mechanisms and systems in place to keep me going. Beautiful, I love it. So, uh, t- talk to me. What's what? What are we looking for? Looking forward to in twenty twenty one? Um, there's so, a yeah. Well, we go have, ahead. We have a business plan now, so we have goals and a business plan. Part of it, I mean, obviously, a lot of this is COVID dependent, and you know, seeing yeah. where that goes. Um assuming it's safe to interact with people again what we'd really love to do this year is start having events yes the studio mm-hmm. or um, attend markets see people yeah. at all yeah we've <laughs> never sold at a market we would really love to do some local markets mm-hmm. we'd love to do classes here um, where, where is the studio to, uh it's in cheshire in black mountain beautiful we're right above like artisan market area. I, I don't know Black Mountain well, other than it's a cute little. Uh, it's adorable. It is so stinking cute. Oh my goodness! It's so cute. Okay. Yeah, we're lucky to work here. Um, we'd love to open the studio by appointment only. Mm-hmm. Shop. Um, so that's kind of all on the docket for 2021. Assuming mm-hmm. we can, you know, see people again. Yeah, I'm really miss. I just miss smiling at people. <laughs> humans are pretty great. <laughs> you know, like I miss. I miss, <laughs> I miss humans. Uh, when Brett, the introverted <laughs> part of me, I think is, um, satisfied. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I miss people. I heard. Uh, but with that really just having more consistent, um, work put out, mm. um, and just small things like we have a newsletter going now. Great. If you want to sign up for it, it it's on my websites, uh, shop 31 sons.com. Um, but like that, those are things that are going to help boost, uh, oh, growth sure. that I didn't have time for. Or I didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, email is the uh, is the lifeblood of e-commerce businesses. Mm-hmm. I think that everything else is is great. If you can find someone that does incredible ad stuff, awesome. If you can find a great you know community manager, you you do a great job on content, amazing. Right. Uh, emails drive sales. It's like it's incredible. Oh, totally. Well, and something too that, you know, I wonder and think about if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, what would I have left? What would I have? Yeah. There's never been a better time to think through questions like that. And that's why like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the email list is the owned relationship. Uh, It's the direct uh, channel to someone's, uh, you know, I'll call it digital uh, mailbox uh, that's not good enough to their, like, their wallet into their wallet yeah <laughs> Do like you want to buy this like... which is which is so real and and um that's all yeah so email marketing i i have a feeling you're going to do a great job at email marketing that's yeah. that's my guess uh <laughs> well kylie's and, been in charge of that and they've been wonderful it's, it's very happy so <laughs> wonderful and then um with with wholesale, I mean, I just I I ask because I think products, and I almost always think wholesale. Is that a part of the business today at all, or no? no Great, it's not today, and I'm glad you asked because it is um, also in the business plan. We'd really love to bring on one wholesale um, partner in mm-hmm. 2020. So if there's any wholesalers listening, yes, any are, boutiques out there, yeah, mm-hmm. we'd really love to work with somebody local. Yes, to start. Um, 
and just see how that goes. So we mm-hmm. are looking Yes. And I feel like since we've created these systems now, especially, you know, in terms of me creating inventory, I have the capacity to do that now. And I have the capacity to do it well, because the last thing I want to do and, you know, going back to mental health and leaning into my power of the the choices I can make as a person, as a professional, as a business owner, I'm not going to do anything that's just going to create more chaos or Mm -hmm. make me unhappy or does not feel like it's worth it. And I was never at a point where I could take something on and do it the way I want to do. Because even it's funny because Kylie knows and can say this for how chaotic I can be. Sometimes I am a perfectionist Mm. when it comes to my work. I am absolutely the definition of anal. Mm. And so it's funny balancing that. So I, I had not wanted to take on something until I could do it the way I wanted to do it and do yeah. it well with my name attached to it. And so now I'm, I'm found, finding that balance where we can include something like that. And I'm excited to do it. I would love to walk into a store and see my name on mm. something, you know, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool feeling. So that's on the plan, but yeah. Cool. And then um, it, it seems like direct coaching, consulting or, or something similar for product makers is mm. also on the docket. That is an ongoing thing already. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's with Patreon. You know, I teach uh, on that platform. It's all, all the time. It's an ongoing subscription. And then mentoring uh, is a thing now too, which is, you know, brought light into my life because I can see people and talk to them. And like, cause I love talking about clay. Yeah. I love, you know, that's where the teaching thing also opened up an aspect of me. I didn't know existed too. Uh, and it's been very empowering with that, but with balance. Mm. So um, the mentoring thing has been very, very fun, but that's, you know, we'll see how that goes too. <laughs> Heard. And so what is, what does balance look like in your lives today? Right. You're, you're, you're quitting out of work. The whistle blows and you're like, all right, punching out. What does, what does balance, what does non-work hours, uh, what do they involve? Um, well, so I, I'm very fortunate that we start our work day at the crack at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm also in graduate school, uh, right now, um, so my day, I usually am up about 6.30. I do my schoolwork from 7 to 9, which is great because I, in my previous role, I was doing it into the wee hours of the morning. Yes. Um, so I get up, I do that in the morning, come to the studio. Um, you know, we always pick out, okay, this is what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Mini um, brain dump. <laughs> mini brain dump. Yep. So many brain dumps. Yeah, all the so time. many all the time. And uh, we usually we put in a solid six and a half ish hours right now. So (laughs) four 30, we're like, okay, yeah, we're out of here. But that's the thing though, is when you're your own boss, because sometimes even hearing that, I'm like, God, people think we don't work, but it's not that. Um, especially as an artist, there's other times too, where I'm working until two in the morning because I have a thing in my head that I have to get out and create, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I try to make allowances for that in a, in a more scheduled work environment to where, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay until eight o'clock because I'm doing stuff. But like during a standard day, I try to have it we try to make sure we have like a full evening at home. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, like I don't, I, there were, there was a whole year where I didn't see my children and I lived in the same house as them. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was like, this is not worth it, you know? Yeah. And my husband's also in school full time uh, uh, for speech pathology. And so balancing that, it was just so, so chaotic. I'm just very aware of, I can work really, 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 really hard for six to seven hours 
and then not suffer later mm-hmm. on. If there's no point in working 12 hours and like kind of half-assing it the whole time and being miserable and not sleeping or seeing your family. But if you can work really productively and really hard for six or seven hours and get done, then that's awesome. You know, sure. and we're lucky to be in a position to be able to do that where we can make our own schedule like that. Yeah. you. I mean, you don't have to convince me that a short work day I know, it can I be do. just as powerful. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I swear by it. I mean, it, it, I think that we're kind of hard, uh, not hardwired, uh, brainwashed. We're, we're built into a system that is, you know, uh, if you, if you look back at it and you ask a couple questions, you're like, well, why does it have to be nine to five? Like, why do we have to show up right. at the same time? Why it's cause you know, to make a Ford model T everyone yeah. needed to be there at the same time. Like that's just, right. that's it. That's a um, point. And, and, uh, you know, a work day is somebody else's thing. And I think that we're in, um, we're in a time of, there are certain things that like production, right? When you're making earrings, certain processes need to take a certain amount of time. It bakes for an hour, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like that's not yeah. going to not happen that way. But, um, you know, lightning strikes and you have the new design that happens in a moment and then you have to capture it and that happens in 20 minutes. And then, you know, like there are, there are, we are, uh, skilled workers now where our brains are the tool. And I I think that you're right. Three to five hours of hard brain work is that's Mm -hmm. a full day. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. And the, you know, the nine to five ass and seat mentality. I'm hoping that there are a lot of bosses and places out there now with the pandemic that are realizing now that you can work from home, you can work in a comfortable environment and get just as much work done, if not more without having to show up and say, here's my face. I deserve to get paid. You know, like you can work from home or work at a more relaxed pace and don't, and don't feel like, (laughs) you want to die (laughs) because, you know, we've just, like you said, been ingrained to have these work experiences. And that's what Kylie and I were talking about earlier, that it's okay to feel this way because Mm -hmm. we have made, we have made uh, a balanced um, schedule for ourselves where our priority is our mental health and our family. And, you know, that's a healthy way to view that. It's a healthy way to view that. And it's hard sometimes because you want to combat that and say, no, I did not work 12 hours today. I do not deserve this happiness, you know? And so I really want to change the narrative on that. I was not happy doing that. (laughs) I think that uh, I'm with you in this pursuit of the narrative change towards uh, a much healthier experience. Mm -hmm. And, And if it's something that you're spending the majority of your waking hours either doing or thinking about like why couldn't it be fun why couldn't it be why, pleasant? why can i enjoy it yeah, yeah like, why can't i enjoy it why yeah. why do i have to get to a place where i resent it you know and i don't want to resent the thing that changed my life and made me happy it's beautiful that conversation a lot lately too, yeah is, you know wait, wait, burnout is real as an artist <laughs> we're very privileged to be in a situation where we essentially work for ourselves mm-hmm. um so why, why not make this an environment that we enjoy, Yeah, you know, that we want to come to every day, mm-hmm. that we're not going to get burned by. Mm-hmm. So we've been very conscientious about making sure we pursue that. Mm-hmm. Like we well, go on walks. <laughs> you know, like, we need to stand. We've been sitting here for hours, like, doing work or whatever. We need to stand. But just those little, those little pleasures, you know, can make can make things different. But, um, but we are very grateful for our customers and for the people that have 
stuck with me. Yeah. That made this possible and stuck with my growth and have wanted to see more and wanted to purchase more and have welcomed Kylie so warmly. Mm. Um, It was not even like, who's Kylie? It was like, you know, everyone was, you know, it's like I said, I don't know how I functioned without Kylie before I didn't function well. And now um, all I feel is empowerment um, for what I can do and the growth I want to work towards. And yeah. I just hope that other people can hear this and know that it's not, if you've defined yourself a certain way, that's you writing the, de- the definition and mm. if you can change it. Heard that snaps all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so with, uh, with, I, 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 I think that that is beautiful. And I'll, I'll say that, that we are now wrapped up on you talking about the business. Cause that's a perfect uh, a little uh, period at the end. Uh, let's talk about your, time in the greater Asheville area, Western North Carolina, Black Mountain is our, you know, our sister town, it seems. Swannanoa is on the way. What is, uh, how, how long have you been in Asheville? What are, what are some of your favorite things about this area? Well, for me, it's kind of unfortunate because we moved here in 2018, actually, um, from Myrtle Beach. Mm. <clears throat> never going back. I paid my time. Um, we moved here in 2018. I had a newborn. Um, and that entire year was when I started Palmer clay. And so mm. I had a baby, we couldn't go many places. And it was like, once, once Hank got old enough and we were like, we could go on dates now, you know, and, um, really start to explore the area. COVID hit. And so it feels like the limited experience I've had here has been wonderful. Yeah. Um, and the, I keep telling Kylie, I was like, I'm going to eat everything here <laughs> because there's so many good restaurants, but it's like, I haven't had that op- much opportunity to try. But, um, you know, once COVID is over, <laughs> I feel like the town's going to get sick of me because I'm going everywhere. Um, but it's been, you know, I've met so many, um, wonderful, interesting, and just warm people. Sometimes I was worried a little bit that, you know, a lot of people moved to Asheville. I, I was reading message boards and they were like, don't come here. You know, like it's, it's there's no jobs. Yeah. There's no jobs involved. I was like, oh my God, are people going to hate me? And like, I've only made friends here and everyone's just been so welcoming and so kind. And I met Kylie and like, you know, it feels like she's my sister and just, you know, it's been a great experience and I just mm. can't wait to experience it more when we hopefully all get the vaccine. So, mm. and what about you? Uh, so, what are you going to show me in Asheville? Show me everything. <laughs> uh, so I actually, I haven't been here that long either. I moved here, uh, in 2015 okay. and, uh, moved here with my now husband. We, uh, we were actually living in Montana before we moved here. We were doing right the, um, life and, uh, realized we were getting a little too old for that. And I probably needed to do something a little more serious. And, um, he's originally from Charleston, but went to school at, Western Carolina University out in Silva and his parents were out that way. And so, you know, we thought, let's give Asheville a try. And um, so we picked up and moved out here and uh, did not have jobs lined up, didn't really have a, a place lined up and just figured it out. Um, it's worked out great for us. We love it. We're uh, really outdoorsy people. So we love to camp. We love to hike, uh, play a lot of disc golf. Mm. Uh, so all that, thankfully, those hobbies we've been able to maintain uh, throughout COVID. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely missing uh, the food and beer scene in our life. Mm-hmm. Heard that with, um, one of the questions I find myself asking a lot, uh, is a word association. I'm going to say Asheville 
and community, what stands out for each of you? Um, I would just say for me, it's, it's a very warm. That's the first word I thought of was warm. Place. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it instantly felt like home and, uh, it was really easy for us to adapt. Um, and yeah, I just, it's a very homey place. Jason, my husband's name is Jason. And something that we always talk about is, you know, cause when you live at the beach, it can kind of be the beach bum thing. Mm. Um, something that we always talk about is in Asheville and in cities like this, bigger cities and artistic cities, it's always very inspiring to see people try. Mm. And that's a big thing for us is to see people try that new restaurant, try that new community, try that new, that leadership position, try that, that club, try. Cause if you see other people trying, it makes you want to try. And if you're surrounded by people that don't care and that just want to go to the beach and drink all day, which is fun, which is mm. fun. But it's also being surrounded by people that are always trying towards something. And I see a lot of Asheville in that. So that's always been something that we comment on. And we're just like, God, we're so glad that we live here, you know? So Dang, that's beautiful. I, uh, I hear that and I, I, I agree. I think that you're, you're right. People are, I think, uh, more often than not, a lot of people are trying in Asheville, yeah. which is, yeah. uh, I, I find trying it to make it. They're trying, trying to make it. <laughs> yeah, especially when you, when you, uh, I find that, uh, uh, meaningful enough portion of our audience are people who are like on their way to Asheville. Like either mm-hmm. it's, uh, they're about to move or they they've just moved or, um, are thinking about moving and they listen and they hear about the community of people and they probably read a message board post. that was like, don't move here. Uh, and yeah, are like concerned, like, <laughs> you know, are like concerned. And, um, what I've found is that it's an incredibly warm space where most yeah. people are trying to right. support the community or trying to make the community better or trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, people that are leaving messages on message boards are the angry people that leave messages on, on message, message boards. boards. Yeah. <laughs> you're like pre-screened for a certain type of person's going to reply to that. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony, I know you're interviewing us. We're not interviewing you. So you can totally. That you but I'm really curious. Like we really didn't know a lot about this podcast, you know, prior to this. So you didn't have to. <laughs> um, but we want to know like yeah, yeah we were looking stuff your, up who's your like listener base like do yeah. a lot of people listen what you know when did you guys start doing this like i just did a little <laughs> what you sure yeah so uh <laughs> the we started the podcast like two weeks before we moved to Asheville, and that was in just i guess just before may of 2019 so we're coming up on two years um and we thought uh, that it would be a, a meaningful way to build a network uh, to like ask, have an ask that was better than, can I take you to coffee or like, can mm-hmm. I pick your brain? It's like, can you want to be on our podcast? Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's been the best thing we've like ever done. We have a great you now friendships that have formed out of the podcast. We have, uh, like we're one degree from pretty much anyone that we've heard of so far. And it's, yeah. it's, it's been absolutely incredible. And so people do listen. Um, we're, you know, over, I don't know what the number is at this point, maybe 30,000 people have listened Very to the podcast, cool. which That's is awesome. cool. You know, I mean, you read, you, it, you're always measuring against like, 
uh, they, this other person that doesn't exist. Um, and right. you know, the, the, the ghostly uh, they. exactly. And it's like, you know, we, we listen to the daily and like the daily gets a million plus downloads a day. And so it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. But I'm like, the, the city, I'm like, the the city only though. has a hundred thousand. Yeah. Like, like the city only yeah. has a hundred thousand people. So it's, um, it's good. We won, uh, mountain Express's best podcast which we you know we awesome yeah so we, that was that was a fun moment because we uh internally i was like sarah hey uh like that's a big deal and then turns out when it actually came out i don't think there were any other podcasts listed <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it wasn't you like won. a top three we you won, won. Out, outright still put it in the office <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah um, that's amazing that's so cool though and i just want to say thank you too because like looking at when i was researching off podcast the fact that there's someone out there, um, and it goes back to the trying, being asked to be on something like this, you know, is such a, an incredible opportunity. And we've been so thankful. It's so nice to see someone or like you guys that are out there encouraging people to mm. try, you know, even in the title, making it in Nashville, yeah. this, this was a uh, validation of, we see you trying. We want to talk about how you're trying. Maybe you can inspire somebody else to try. And exactly. so you doing that with all these businesses, I think, is really um, an encouraging and wonderful thing. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, yeah. I love this interview. This is, this is perfect. This is my favorite. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I think thank you. And uh, that is yeah. definitely our intention. We uh, somewhere on a website page somewhere we the idea was like normalizing the many ways of making it in Asheville or just trying well you know maybe yeah you, it, and, and it's intentionally not made it in Asheville right like right it's this is a gerund this is a active verb we are working to try yeah. and continue to do it because it's a verb it's a verb you know we're always if you've made it then you've given up on some part there's yeah. always something to do yeah well uh Thank you. And so with, with that, if the listeners who have made it this far, and I call this the cheap seats of uh, the episode, if they wanted to find you, follow along, watch the dumpster blaze on Instagram. <laughs> hey, wait. hey, hold on. Pause. The dumpster blaze. It's, it's over. Okay. Yeah. The it smoldering ash. Term. Yes, that is past tense. I am now a comfortable, uh, happy little fire in a fireplace that just occasionally someone throws a cannon. Okay. It. <laughs> it's very aesthetic, very pretty as stockings, you know, but sometimes uh, a wrench gets thrown in or a can or a, yeah. a tire or something. But if anyone wants to find me, it's Shop 31 Sons on Instagram. The website is also shop31sons.com. And my our newsletter. Yeah, sign mm. up for our newsletter. And then also, if polymer clay is a medium that you're interested in learning, or honestly, I, I talk way more about, uh, not way more, but I also talk about running a business. And I very openly share my experiences of what has worked, what has not worked. Um, and kind of follow along my journey or if you need help uh, of what not to do and then what I figured out what to do in terms of a business, uh, my Patreon, I think, is also a great resource for that. So that's where you can find me. Wonderful. One day I want a Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how to work it. <laughs> I think there are enough, enough platforms, but you have a professional email address now you mentioned in the episode. You don't need yes, to share it. But I, I think that's a huge oh. milestone. I, I yes. think that uh, I, I, I'm always kind of to me, uh, Spotify, so uh, not Spotify, so you're on Shopify, Squarespace mm -hmm. has a marketing campaign that says like, it's real. When you, when you have a website, 
it's real or something. You know, it's like yes. a real, it's a powerful mm -hmm. concept. And I, I've always thought that like, when you have a professional email, you're now a pro. Like it's, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's the next that's level. That's how it felt, especially because too, yeah. it's a, it's a uh, domain that we had to buy and then set it up as like a third party domain in Apple email. And it was such a thing of us <laughs> figuring out how to do this. And we did that. We did it with three different emails and we were like, mm, we're professional. <laughs> we got this taken us like eight a whole day to, to figure this out. But now we know how to do it. If yeah. I wanted to add an email tomorrow, I could. Yeah. I think <laughs> that that's. Fire, what? <laughs> 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 but uh, you're you're absolutely right. Like, that is that is a huge milestone, and uh, mm -hmm. I am. It's all very... about finding the things that empower you. Yes, I cannot wait to follow up with you uh, in in the months and years ahead and see yes. like, if you were growing the way you grew pre Kylie and plans and process. What happens now? Like, oh my goodness. We can only go up from here. <laughs> can only go up. <laughs> well, thank you both or for your like time. anything, you <laughs> yeah. know. It'll be, it'll look like yes. the mountains of Western North Carolina. It'll, yes. it'll be. There'll yes. be some valleys. We will scale them. Um, but it. thank you again so much for having us. I'm looking forward to listening to this and listening to the future episodes. So thank yeah. you so much. <laughs>